0: This is a Radio.Com original.
1: He says, "By the way, you've been inducted into the you're a lifetime member of the Hall of Fame, and that I don't, I don't even know how to, to react to that. And it was just like I'm just dumbfounded because this is you're you 21 know the name. years old. How can you be? Uh, oh, I like this guy." <laughs> <laughs>
0: everybody, and welcome to a new edition of the Talking About Cars podcast, where it's all about everybody has a car story, from celebrities to car personalities and more. I'm Randy Cardoon. Back this week, we go to the Grand National Roadster Show where we broadcast from the United Pacific booth, United Pacific making brand new Model A bodies and the latest in LED lights for cars. Hot Rod Bob Beck of Great American Auto Scene, or GAS, G-A-A-S, joining me once again as we talk with Troy Ladd of Hollywood Hot Rods in Burbank. Now, before you say, wait a minute, how can Hollywood Hot Rods be in Burbank? Hello? Haven't you ever heard of beautiful downtown Burbank? Burbank is the real Hollywood, right? Like yeah. That's
2: where all the studios are. That is Hollywood beautiful Burbank. Downtown that's, Burbank. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. So
2: you've been building Hot Rods, and you've been building some exciting Hot Rods since you started. I mean, as soon as you got on the map with Hollywood Hot Rods, you were recognized.
1: Yeah, I, I really got fortunate with that. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the classic uh, live in the American dream, take a hobby, turn it into yeah. a business. Bad life choice, typically, <laughs> you know, when you have a real, have, I had a real job with a paycheck. I'm like, ah, I'm just going to scratch that and go ahead and like build cars, my passion for a living. Yeah. But it worked out. So, I, you know, I've been doing that since I was 16. But as a business, um, that was 2002. Mm-hmm. And again, I was very fortunate to like pretty quickly off the bat get uh, media ex- ex- attention and some exposure. We did the, uh, the Rides television show right. like, like my first year uh, after opening Hollywood Hot Rods. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then it's something like, like, like that, it's like, oh, okay, so you got a TV show, whatever. Can you really build cars? But then, like, as you know, then we followed up with another show car that we win. Then we did America's Most Beautiful Roadster. Then we you know, just kept yeah. kind of building on what we started. And, again, it's been a pretty crazy, pretty crazy ride, but I couldn't be happier than, you know, well, I couldn't be happier because I get to actually make a living doing my passion. And how many people get to say that?
0: Let's go back to where the start of the passion happened. Where was, what first got your attention as far as automobiles are concerned and what was your first car?
1: So that's kind of an interesting story because I don't come from, a little bit different than a lot of guys here because I don't really come from a family background. Uh, of, of any of this how, how it worked out for me is uh, at 16 I was handed down from my grandfather to my father a 66 Mustang, that was my first car I didn't even know what a Mustang was I didn't even know it was cool or not it was just something that I needed to get to school and work so I, I grew up fairly poor and I, uh, in that manner if you have something a tool, like mm-hmm. a car to live your day to day life and try to survive when it breaks and you don't have any money what do you do? You learn how to fix it. Absolutely. So that was kind of my introduction into this. And then from there, I realized, hey, a 66 Mustang is kind of cool. And then I started to, well, I don't know where it happens, but um, all, you guys have it. At some point, you catch the sickness. Yeah. You, know, you, you get the obsession. And once you catch it, you never shake it. So um, with that car, uh, now I was still, again, high school age, I got into uh, street racing and you know drag racing and then it's not it's well it's kind of like what, it's not like what's on TV but it's it's it was similar where it was organized out of the way in a farm you know somewhere out in the valley so it's not like you're doing stuff actually on the street um, but so my whole life was okay save up money work on the car all week then Sunday night we go out and race so that's kind of how that happened uh, and then in that process, being exposed to cars like going to, like Bob's Big Boy and cruise nights and things like that, I saw hot rods. And I didn't know what they were. I just thought they were cool. So my second car was a 36 five-window coupe. And uh, I bought it for 1900 bucks. And I'm not going to tell you the year because <laughs> that <laughs> might date me. Um, but uh, I, I just learned how to build that from the ground up because I didn't know any better. So that's kind of the evolution. And from there, again... Never never lost it, could never shake it.
0: Was there somebody who motivated you, though, to get into that frame? Was it an auto shop um, teacher? Was it nope. somebody else? Nope. Um,
1: the, 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 I think that the the most inspirat- inspirational person in this pro- process would have been my grandfather. Because uh, my grandfather was old school. Um, he worked for Hughes Aircraft. He's an engineer. He built, um, uh, designed, like, um, missile systems and sonar systems. And just the ultimate briefcase, pocket protector, you know, <laughs> World War II, he was a World War II veteran. Uh, he was a pilot in World War II. So that, uh, that mentality of, of that age group was you don't pay someone, to, you, don't, you don't pay a mechanic. You have a problem, you learn how to do it. Like even growing up, if the, there was a plumbing problem, he and I, he'd make me... <laughs> crawl into the house and we'd fix it ourselves there was that that was just that my mentality where you do everything yourself so he was the one that said well what's wrong with your car i don't know he's like well you're gonna have to figure it out and he would help me so together mm-hmm. we would uh he would kind of point me in the right direction on how to do it sadly much a little bit of his disappointment i never oh. shook it <laughs> for him it was just uh out necessity of necessity. Yeah. Yeah. Out of necessity for me i kind of got sucked in
2: all right, so, when you started your shop, you surrounded yourself with craftsmen. I yeah. can remember Frenchie doing the, yeah. the, the lead yep. work on the cars and the the chassis builders that you had, the guys who were working on it. You had the concept. You oversaw what was going on, but you surrounded yourself with the guys that could actually do it.
1: Right. So my idea behind uh, behind that, so uh, I've, again, coming from my grandfather and all that, I, did, I know how to do everything. I can build an entire car, including painting myself. I've, I've done it as a hobby. But then when it's time to turn it into a business, you gotta think think bigger. So that was the idea is when I, when I try to take my hobby and my passion and then transfer into a business, okay, how do you do that? I have a degree in business. So I went to, I set myself through college. I did all the right stuff. I was a project manager in the development industry. So I built hospitals before I quit to do cars. So I thought um, you need a name, you need marketing. I wanted to come into this industry with a little bit of a presence if I could. And that's why I created Hollywood Hot Rods and the name. And part of that is I'm not going to come in like Troy Ladd, greatest hot rod builder ever shop, you know, or Troy Ladd's Hot Rods. I thought Hollywood Hot Rods make, uh, uh, you know, again, more of a, not only use the word corporate, but more of a presence. And Mm -hmm. in that vein, what's the best thing that you can do? Hire people that are better than you. You know, build a team. True. If you have the best metal guy, the best you know, uh, wiring guy, you put them all together, there's no way a single guy can ever beat that. So that was the idea, kind of the team concept, and that's kind of how that came to be.
2: And you put some amazing cars, not only the AMBR winners, mm-hmm. but you guys took the box of a model car
0: Oh, yeah. And made
2: it into a real car, the real creation. The what was it? The uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. Yeah. So yeah,
1: I mean, if any, um, I would encourage anyone to Google it. You know, look yeah. it up. Uh, the Black Widow. So that was, I I believe I don't have my st- my statistics correct. So don't look me up and then <laughs> tell me I'm wrong. But it was one of the highest uh, uh, the highest sold model cars in the I believe it was early '60s mm-hmm. um, for Monogram. And so that was one of their most famous model cars. And the interesting thing about that car, it was not based on a real car. Much of those models were based on real cars or race cars or show cars. This was um, a, a gentleman by the name of Roger Harney. Um, he was the designer for Monogram, might've been Ravel at the time, but uh, Monogram Ravel. Right. He took what he, at, from car shows pieces of things that he saw and just designed this car for them to market and sell. And it was a model And it was really, you know, it was one of their highest, most popular models. So then fast forward till, this was probably 2008 or 2009, um, one of our, a customer comes to us, again, customers are key to this too, I'm only as good as like people are willing to pay me (laughs) to do. So uh, not my idea, customer comes in and said, this is the model I built as a kid, it's the greatest thing in the world that I remember as a child that got me into cars, what if we turn it into a real car? So we backwards engineered a scale model, and not recreated, but created it into a one-to-one real car, which was cool. It was,
2: and I remember uh, my son was the gopher for you, kind of, in in those days, and I remember him working, and I forget the other gentleman's name he was working with, but they were putting together the chassis, and you doing the measurements on the model, and having to make the curves in in the frame to match what the model was. Yep. So it was not, you know, a, a well let's get a TCI chassis here and we'll get a bell axle there. It was, here's the men- here's the dimensions, let's make this fit and have the same curves as the model. And then you recreated the box and it was part of the yeah, display that, here. That was also the owner's <laughs> idea, but
1: yeah, yeah that, that that was really neat because I remember doing a lot of that stuff where we would take the pieces of the model, it's a like 125th scale, whatever the scale is, it's just math, multiply it out, yeah. and then yeah. recreate it. I believe I want to say, I might be mistaken, but I think your son was there the night because I made the frame myself. Yeah. And I remember shaping it, I remember drawing mm-hmm. it out on the floor, and I think he may have helped me. Yes, I, he
2: did. I, because yep. I was there watching. Okay. I, I was there because yeah. yeah, I had um, come to pick him up, and he said, no, 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 we're working on this. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and it, was, it was a kick. You, you really had an influence on my son. And uh, we got a funny story, too, mm-hmm. about a car. Oh, yeah. That we, start, that we started building for my son, and it ended up staying at your shop.
1: So, yeah. It was, yeah, tell us about okay, that. Okay, so it's a, it was a little Model A roaster, and you guys bought it, you were going to build it, and then I guess you went a different direction or something. Yeah, he and he
2: decided I, he couldn't lock it, he couldn't drive it in the rain, he couldn't you know, take it to school.
1: So I, I bought it, right? I, yeah. I bought it, and then, for again, you know how this goes, like... Oh, I'm going to build that for me. I have lots of projects. Oh, I got all these parts. I'm going to build that for me. There's probably not enough years in in my lifetime to build all the (laughs) projects. So I bought this, and I had it in the back. And it just sat in the back of the shop for many years. And then I sold it to another gentleman who wanted it built. And then he ended up not building it. So I sold it. He brought it back. And this was the weird thing. He said um, he gave it to me, even though he paid for it. And he said, God told me to give this to you. So we called it God's Rod. And it sat back there again for many more years. Yeah. And um, then I started, I collected a, um, a little Hemi for it. And I started to collect parts for it to build a car someday. Yeah. And then inevitably what happens sometimes is somebody comes in and they see parts of one of those things and they say, uh, I'd like a car like that. What can you do for me? Like, well, I can sell you that one. So sold it, built it. And just last year that car went off to its new owner <laughs> Running and driving with a little, uh, a little, uh, gosh, I forget what year, 54 Hemi, baby Hemi, like a red red ram, red ram Hemi, Hemi. Uh, five speed, and just very traditional. Low, it's so cool. Oh, again, when that happens, I want to keep them. I gotta see the
2: pictures when you when you get a chance. So So you've been working on a lot of projects. The 32 Ford you first built for the TV show, that was an amazing car with a Hemi, and uh, you you changed the body subtly.
1: Oh, that was yeah, that was my car. That was yeah. one of the cars that really put us kind of on the well, map because yes. we competed here at the Grand National Roadster Show for the America's Most Beautiful Roadster Award mm-hmm. and that was 2007, I believe. And with my own car. And that was kind of unheard of at the time because these were high dollar cars, high dollar yep. builders, and I did an owner-built, owner-funded, yep. owner, you know, everything car and competed for Amber. And that was pretty neat because they say, they um, uh, like actually um, some like hot rod historians have mentioned me, which I'm like Mm -hmm. flattered. But at that time it was really the middle of the billet kind of two-tone paint craze. And I came in with a traditional car. But like, like as Bob mentioned, it wasn't, it was traditional in style, but we did all of the things of hand shaping or hand building a car that the spaceship looking cars at the time did like the Boyd cars and things that were totally hand built? So we took a 32 roaster, sectioned it, moved metal, moved wheel wells, moved the dimensions, moved the wheelbase. It still appeared as if it was a '50s style car, but in actuality, it was a f- pretty much full coach built car. Uh, had a 392 Hemi because Hemis are cool. Yep. I mean, um, and I had a, a original Hillborn from the drag racing days because uh, Hemis 57, 58. Um, but we hid electronic injectors, and hid a computer system so that it looks like the old Hemi's of, of the early days of drag racing, but it can operate like a street car. So see. those are all the neat innovations we did, but it really kept captured, I believe, that 50s era style. So that really kind of put my shop on the map.
0: Car that you once had that you wish you could get back?
1: My 36, yep, 36.5 window coupe, um, just because it was really my first hot rod. I mean, the Mustang would be great, too, because my grandpa gave it to my dad, which gave it to me. Either of those. Um, but I, I, I really like the 36. I mean, the, I don't know. The, the problem I have with that question <laughs> is, for me, is, like, there's apples and oranges. People also, a similar question is, what's your favorite car? Like, how do you answer that? Yeah. Like, because a Mustang is not... A roadster right and a, you know a Ferrari is not a Ford I mean there's there's in, in, in our world and drag cars are not road cars and like there is so much cool stuff in this industry in this world it, it's hard so like so I would I want both of them because one's a Mustang one's a hot rod
0: okay so give me a car maybe a couple that is
1: on the I want that list oh gosh someday. <laughs> I've I've kind of accomplished those for the most part, but um, there's I nothing have, out there that you want to see. Um, do you want to own? here's I don't want I don't want I don't want them to take my hot rod card away. Oh. So okay. I don't want to get lose my hot rod card, being, um, but I've I'm been curious a little bit. I mean, this is gonna sound so bad. <laughs> I've been curious a little bit about exotics. I think a I, what? I, exotic cars. I think oh, I okay. might like to beat on a ferrari or something a little bit you know because i've been doing a little bit of road racing i have a, I have a full race prepped uh, mustang that I, I track and that's a fun car and i've driven some other cars and i'm like i don't know if i would again i don't know if they'd even let me in this building if i owned a ferrari <laughs> you know but there's there's a ferrari they, just a couple of there, boots there is, away yeah but you got but like again for car guys everybody car guys there is so much to respect about different genres right. and different types of cars. Um, but probably my next car for me, a uh, Model A coupe with a Hemi. I've got all the parts to do a Model A, mm-hmm. a Hemi-powered Model A. I, okay. um, so I've had 32s. I've had Roadster Model A roadsters. I have a 34 Chevy coupe. Um, and I have a Model A I want to build. So that will be my, my next hot rod. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did just acquire a, which is really, really cool. Uh, we, we call it the Doer Coupe. So I, I, don't if you haven't seen this, it was on the cover of Hot Rod a while back. So I was able to acquire a 1932 Ford that was built in the 50s, that was stored away in 1961 and never seen the light of day until now. Wow. So it's literally a time capsule. So I own that, which is pretty cool, but I can't touch it, I gotta just drive it. So I drive that, it's fun. But... All
2: right, now you, you talk about different cars. Uh-huh. You did one heck of an interesting comic.
1: The Comet, we call, yeah, the world's, the world's most expensive Comet, or the world's <laughs> most modified Comet. Uh, so that was for uh, DeVita, uh, who's my fiance, and her, she had a 63 Comet convertible that she bought at the, um, the Great Labor Day Cruise in Costa Mesa, which has been a, a show going on for, gosh, 20, oh, 25, a long time. Yeah. A long time. So um, this is when we had first met, and she, thought it, she liked it because it was cute, and it was a convertible, and it had fins. So she drove that to, to law school and she drove that, that's her daily for many years. And again, it sat in the back of our shop for years as well. And we ended up pulling out of mothballs and just building like the craziest uh, 63 Comet that we could think of. So I can't
0: think of any 63 Comet that has been redone <laughs> as a custom. So
1: you no. have the, you, I think you have the market. <laughs> I, I, and that's why we joke, like, world's most modified, world's most expensive, whatever, because there aren't that many. They only made 3,000-something of them to begin with. Oh, really? So we started with an, an S22 convertible. So if you want to see it, go on my website, HollywoodHotRods.com, and you can see the build of the Comet. But it's basically a, a pro-touring mm-hmm. kind of retro, uh, resto-mod custom. Mm-hmm. It's on bags. It's got, you know, 15-inch wheels, and like, wide wheels in the back
0: and the bottom line she loves it
1: she loves it it's beautiful it's, it's still elegant and cute um at the time this was when the uh the coyote mustang uh the coyote engine for the mustang had first came out and we got we ended up connecting with ford and we had done mm-hmm. the first coyote ever in a hot rod so they also gave me another one for her car so coyote um overdrive everything's computer control computer fuel injection air conditioning power steering, stuff for a that a girl, a lady would like, right. but it's fast. And again, big old tires in the back, so it gets down and uh, it's neat. Talk a little bit about
0: how using United Pacific's bodies and how that works as far as when you build those cars.
1: Um, so for us, we are, are known, You know, we have respect tradition is our motto and everyone knows that we build traditional styled cars. We do a lot of different cars, 60s, 50s, but we're really known for traditional style. And I emphasize style because I like the aesthetic of traditional cars, but we're still artists, so we move forward with creativity. So when we use a, a you know, a body like a United Pacific body, we only work with steel. We are craftsmen, coach builders, steel. We don't do fiberglass. Um, we cut and weld steel and sometimes I mean the um, manufacturers like United Pacific or even Brookville guys like that they understand that we usually buy their bodies and cut them up <laughs> um, but not in a bad way like we that is the, the basis like how what's better than f- trying to find some uh, you know a 5-1 or 32 5-1 in a field somewhere pay an exorbitant amount of, of money fix the rust fix the problems then start your build or go to United Pacific buy a brand new steel body and go mm-hmm. and so that's why um that's always this has really been a, a big part of us because uh we can start right off with a steel body build an awesome car and just move along so
0: mm. that's interesting and, and and you could use it you say for different things you could use it for the full body you could just take the parts off it and use certain parts in certain applications sure
1: well i mean you, you you, um, if we do end up like a customer does bring us an original car or something like that, then we have replacement panels and things to, to bring that car in line, or we start with a fresh project, brand new body, chop the top, section, channel, whatever mm-hmm. the 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 design requires. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty, uh, you know, the the evolution of manufacturers like this have really been pivotal in the car building world.
0: What kind of cars do you have here and what are some of the ones you're working on now for later?
1: So today in our booth at the Roadster Show, we have a, kind of a, a weird mix. Um, so we have a a 32 uh, three window coupe project that we just, we, don't, we didn't bring the body, it's just the chassis. And it is uh, hard to explain. It's, there's so much trick design items on it. It's the, the theme is, which if, if you can follow it, is a vintage, 30, uh, vintage '30s European sports car design in an American-bodied uh, race car. Makes complete sense to so, me, Bob. What about it? <laughs> yeah, okay. And right. when you see it, you'll see like, oh yeah, that's European. Oh, that's 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 <laughs> English. Um, so that that's our kind of our premier car. We were uh, pushing it, hoping to finish it for the show, but you, you can't you can't rush these things. Right. So We just brought the chassis. Then we brought a '56 Plymouth two-door wagon which is odd and unique. Well, let's let's use the word unique. (laughs) Okay. And um, you'll see the design drawings where we've pancaked the roof, chopped the roof, taken out like the B and C pillars, done hard top the doors, did a sweeping sweeping B pillar in place of the straight.
0: Like the Nomad.
1: Similar, but we don't want it to look like a Nomad. No, of course not. But but yes. Eh, Kind of. Kind of, yeah. So that's a fun one because people say, oh, We know them for their traditional hot rods, but look at this. Look at this big wagon. And then we also have a 40 Ford, which is, you know, that's just a beautiful Ford design that's always just stood on its own. Sure. Um, So we have a 40 Ford in our booth with a um, a, a Borla stack injected new coyote engine backed by a a computer controlled six feet out of a new Mustang. So it's uh, modern technology in a vintage package, which is fun. So those are the three we have in our booth.
2: Wow. so you're very progressive in what you're doing you're not you're you're keeping the tradition alive but you're using modern technology to make them more drivable
1: yeah and we've always done that and you know I've, I've 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 had um discussions with people like oh so you're that traditional car builder i said i don't consider us a traditional car builder we like traditional aesthetic right um but yes drivability and functionality are are, are key components of building an overall you know amazing car and every car we build the 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 theme or the design the style is particular to that owner to that design so it's not just the same cookie cutter over and over we love the design challenges that we that we do i mean we get ourselves into trouble because we go pretty deep and like let's create our own brake system let's create our own suspension system but for me that's the fun Mm -hmm. it's having those ideas and then solving the challenge of creating them
0: very interesting well, we appreciate the time. Yes, thank you so much for staying with us and uh, giving us a little insight into what you're doing and some of the cars here at the Grand National Roadster Show. And Stroy uh, from Hollywood Hot Rods has joined us here. And Bob, it's been quite a day, it quite has been a weekend. A
2: busy day. And thank you very much for coming in. Yep, you've always had an exciting shop, like you said. You you keep
0: the tradition alive, but you make people drive them too.
1: We try, and just like I said, well, I always tell people we're just having fun with cars. <laughs> that's, all right, all. That's, that's,
0: that's great. So you have big news as far as the Hall of Fame is concerned.
1: Yeah, that, like a crazy thing happened to me just a few weeks before the Grand National Roadster Show. I got a call from John Buck, the promoter. He says, "By the way, you've been inducted into the you're a lifetime member of the Hall of Fame," and that I don't, I don't even know how to, to react to that. And it was just like I'm just dumbfounded because this is... You're you know 21 years old. How could you be... Uh, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> I like this guy. <laughs> How could you be we're, inducted we're, into the we're, Hall we're, of Fame? We're going with that. I like 21. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I am going may be able to drink next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, just in time to celebrate. I, it, it's just... It, I don't know. It was just... It was an amazing thing. And then I go to the ceremony and the, the, the people in that room are just... It's so humbling because some of the people that you've read about, mm. legendary people are in this room and like I get to be in that group it's just amazing uh bruce meyer bruce meyer was my presenter he's the one that told my story like who gets bruce meyer to yeah it's just so anyway exciting news congratulations more humbled and honored and just it's it's just great
2: all right congratulations on that well earned Thank you so much.
0: Hall of Famer, Troy Ladd of Hollywood Hot Rods. For more information about Troy, check out his website at hollywoodhotrods.com and check out the cars he's already built, including cars like Model As, El Caminos, and even a 1963 Mercury Comet. I mean, how many people actually rebuild those? Well, if their girlfriend asks, they do. And in the coming weeks, we'll have plenty more from the United Pacific booth at the Grand National Roadster Show, as well as more from The Hollywood Show with stars of the past that are car people with cool car stories. To check out information from United Pacific, go to upcarparts.com. Hey, don't forget to please subscribe to all of our new podcasts here on radio.com, knx1070.com, And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to us and rate us five stars. Please write a review. Our website is TalkingAboutCars.net, where I include some extra behind-the-scenes flavor to the interviews. And make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, check out Hot Rod Bob and his daily morning gas show, at 11 o'clock in the morning pacific time and his monthly great american auto scene show where i always horn my way onto the set every second tuesday on facebook or you could just go to bob beck's page his website gotgas.com until next time i'm randy cradune join me and hot rod bob as we have some fun talking about cars